Blog Talk Radio. Diabetes Late Night. If I tell you, if I tell you now, will you keep on, will you keep on loving me? If I tell you, if I tell you how I Welcome to Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick. Hey, thank you for tuning in to our Wellness with a Wow podcast. Tonight, we're talking about the sweetest taboo, otherwise known as added sugar, with musical inspiration from Sade. Who doesn't love Sade? I mean, she might not be the first person you think of, but when you hear a song, don't you always go, oh my gosh, I love that song. That's how I feel about our diva inspiration. She started singing with a local band before she got signed to Epic Records and then recorded her very first album, Diamond Life, in 1984. Thanks to several hit songs, including Smooth Operator, she won a Grammy for Best New Artist in 1986. But after that, it's been kind of slow going for her 30-year-plus 30, uh, career because she's only released six studio albums. I think people have children and grandchildren between these albums in her lifetime. And when she was asked why there's such a shortage of Chardet music, she admitted that she only wanted to record when she actually had something to say. Wow, how the times have changed. And we can't really falter for that, can we? And you know what? We've all got plenty to say tonight about added sugar with my guests, including these five fabulous women. I've got Patricia Addy Gentle joining me, Tamika Milline, uh, Divabetic Image and Style Advisor Catherine Schuler, America's number one energy conductor. She's back, everyone. High Voltage. And Stephanie McKendry. Throughout this podcast, we're going to be featuring some fabulous songs off of the Essential Chardet album, courtesy of Sony Music. Please take a minute and donate to Divabetic at divabetic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. You know what? Before we get this whole uh, evening started, I thought we'd play some more music. And I wanted to kick it off with Chardet's first top ten hit. It's a song about a fashionable man. Who lives in a jet step, who has a jet set lifestyle? Here's smooth operator, courtesy of Sony Music. No need to ask, he's a smooth operator. Welcome back to Diabetes Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick, and 
several of these major food companies might be considered smooth operators for the way they sneak sugar into many of our favorite foods and drinks. And I'll be talking more about added sugars tonight in our 31 days of Shocktober with my guests. But first, I want to talk about one of my other favorite divas, Cher, who just recently released a new album of ABBA tunes. I'm probably the only person who's living for this moment on the podcast, but I am looking forward to the release of that album. Uh, she said in an interview recently that Barbara Streisand once asked her, like, why she just doesn't retire. I mean, after all, she has been known for doing countless farewell tours. And Cher simply said it's because she still loves what she does too much to stop. Well, you know, I feel the same way every time we host and present a diva uh, Diva, yeah, we're Divas, Divabetic Mystery Podcast. So I want to take a minute and acknowledge the cast who participated in our fifth annual Diabetes Mystery Podcast, Swan Lake, including Catherine Schuler, who's on the show tonight, Savita Williams, Chef Robert Lewis, Tanya Cappies, Asher Brown, Marianne Nikolai, Patricia Addy Gentle, who'll be coming up in the show, Mama Rosemary, as well as our understudies, including Lauren Rick, Dave Jones, Terry Seidman, and Terry Rice. Plus, there's one more diva I need to salute, and I want to express my gratitude right now to our amazing producer, Lisa Chester Weir, who deserves a huge amount of thank yous for her time, talent, and effort, as well as the enthusiasm she put forth on this mystery podcast. I just want to say thank you to everyone, and I hope, listeners, you take a minute to check out this podcast available on demand for free at Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You know, on top of doing the monthly podcast, I also love presenting Diabetes Outreach with Dazzle, and sometimes I love it so much I even moonlight on other outreach efforts. And one of those is this incredible program that I had the honor to work on called Energy Up with High Voltage, who's coming up tonight in the show. It was such an amazing experience for me because it really opened my eyes to how much sugar is literally in everything. I mean, sure, it's in cupcakes and gummy bears and lollipops, but did you know it's also in ketchup and bread and peanut butter and salad dressings? Well, when you take part in a Shocktober program, you'll find out just how much sugar are in some of those products, and it is shocking, which is why these next 31 days of October are Shocktober. I want to tell you that... uh, Giving up sugar might not seem that easy for people, especially when you consider right now it's uh, Halloween's approaching and people are about to consume about 90 million pounds of chocolate, which is sold throughout the week of Halloween, according to the Nielsen uh, Newswire report from 2009. So if you're thinking, well, how do I do this and can it be done, I want to tell you that we're going to prove that to you with our first guest because she walks the talk. She's been walking the talk her entire life. I love her so much. But before we do that, I thought I'd have a cliffhanger and play some more Chardet because I know uh, High Voltage loves the 80s as much as I do. So Chardet has sold more than 100 million records over the course of her career. And our next song is essentially about an innocent woman who – is in love with an awful, awful man. But in this song, she sees him for what he is, and she walks out on him. But she still loves him and misses him. So here's Is It a Crime, courtesy of Sony Music. Is it a
600,000 food products sold in the U.S. have added sugar, which was reported in the documentary Fed Up. She's a best-selling author of The Sugar Savvy Solution, a TV personality, and she's helped thousands of people across the country get their energy up and their weight down. Each October, she spends her time and efforts raising awareness for the shocking amount of added sugar in our popular Mm -hmm. foods. Please welcome High Voltage. Hi, High Voltage. Whoa, energy up, my darling. Max, if you moonlighting for the seven or eight years that you were with me, uh, between you and Stephanie, who's also on tonight, I mean, that program would have never happened the same way. So um, we've been dedicated for a very long time of waking America up to the fact, you know, that Sugar drives many, you know, chronic diseases, and it's actually getting worse, not better. That's the sad part. So I just uh, I applaud you for doing Shocktober. And what we, as you well know, ultimately ended up doing, Max, is we're not saying no. We're saying, you know, sugar moderation, which is only 24 grams in 24 hours. So I'm going to challenge your audience the same way we've challenged many you know, inner city kids and, you know, various organizations around the country to during Shocktober, you know, pay attention, write down how many grams of sugar are in everything that you eat or drink daily and do your best to keep it at 24 grams. And I believe if we can educate what moderation looks like, we can help millions of people. Absolutely. So let's go back in time uh, to how this all mm-hmm. got started, because you have been such a, a pioneer in health and wellness. So take us back to how you even made this connection about how added sugar might be uh, detrimental to your health or someone else's. Well, the umbrella that all of this goes under is brain chemistry. And, you know, remembering when I, I've been answering my phone energy up since 1979. So back in the day, um, there really weren't books to read or even experts to speak to outside of Jack LaLanne because, you know, medicine doctors said, you know, cancer, heart disease, whatever you eat, it doesn't matter. Smoking doesn't matter. I mean, it was just a different world back then. Um, addiction, which for me, uh, drugs and alcohol when in my youth, when I got sober from alcohol, I noticed that whenever I would eat anything that had sugar, I literally, I recognized addiction. I couldn't stop. I mean, literally. And then, believe me, if you have that, not everybody has that. You know, some people can have a couple bites of cake, eat one piece of cake, a piece of candy, and say, oh, I've had enough. You know, those words never came out of my mouth. So, and there's millions of people just like me. So, I recognized back then that sugar was like a drug. Well, coincidentally, I had an opportunity um, to become the director of a health spa in the, last, in the late 70s. 
you know, where I had tons of people to play with every week, and it was a, you know, a spa. And um, I just started putting the Energy Up program together. And, you know, back then, saying that sugar lights up your brain the same way that cocaine and heroin does sounded insane. But once MRIs were available and amazing, you know, scientists, um, you know, like Dr. Nicola Vina, whom I work with, you know, started doing studies with rats getting them, you know, little mice getting them addicted to uh, cocaine or heroin, and then they would introduce sucrose water, and they would prefer the sucrose. And, you know, our brains just light up the same way. So, you know, science has caught up to that fact. That's not a theory. And, you know, the food industry, as you well know, Max, you know, they came up with something called the bliss point, you know, a scientific um, calculation of a certain amount of sugar, salt, and some sort of a fat. They put it in all processed foods because they know millions of people's brains are affected by that. I mean, this is this is nasty twilight zone type. This is what we should be out there, you know, you know, putting our, you know, force together to change, you know, our food laws and toxicity and GMOs. And, you know, people are getting sicker and fatter. And then dementia. I've um, really been working with a lot of scientists and doctors at Cleveland Clinic who have told me that many of the things under dementia are just like type 2 diabetes on Max. Same thing, same reasons, same thing driving it. You know, it's just older, so it starts breaking the brain down. So this is serious stuff. I mean, it's serious stuff that you can No, it is. I I mean, one of the things I've always loved about your program, though, is how you – is what you just said and how it relates to willpower because so many books out there and other gurus and things, you know, always talk about you have to have willpower. And what I always found so fascinating about Energy Up was making this, is following this addiction model and the idea that there is brain chemistry going on. It's not about willpower and giving women and men this opportunity to be in a safe place and try again under the idea that, they can't do that. Can you speak a little bit to this about, because I know a lot of people out there are kind of like nervous about, I don't think I have the willpower to be able to do that. And I I really want to hear what you have to say about it. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Max, because willpower has absolutely nothing to do with it. Any more than, you know, you're a strong person or you're not a strong person or, you know, so many people literally cannot take that first bite because the brain is stimulated, a part of the brain, and there's no shut off. You know, there just isn't one. So it's not, if you can recognize what it is, take the blame off you. There's nothing wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're not as smart or as amazing and incredible, but your brain chemistry has been um, tinkered with because of, and nobody knows exactly why, Max. There's you know, so many toxins around and this. and I mean, but some people's brains, you know, once they get just like addiction, just like alcoholism. You see, people understand alcoholism. Nobody argues that point. You know, if you've been sober for six months and you go home for a holiday, you know, nobody's going to say, oh, but you have to, you know, it's New Year's Eve. Here, have a little champagne. Never. Well, families and people don't understand when somebody's trying to break a sugar addiction, it is something that is as serious to deal with as any alcohol problem or a drug problem, and it can be done. And you just keep trying till you're able to do it. Don't put yourself down. 
It's just like getting sober from anything else. If you make up your mind that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you want to have a long, vibrant, healthy life, you know, the older we women get, we can have amazing lives. We get smarter and more secure and just wiser, I feel. But if you don't take care of yourself, ladies, you're going to be looking for the walker and on five different medications. And dementia is like right down the road after type 2 diabetes and everything else that people, this has become normal. You know, we're not fighting obesity. We're adjusting to it. Talking well, and I think the, the pushback we get a lot of times uh, on the program is how livable is it? And that's why you kind of teamed up with Reader's Digest to write the Sugar Savvy Solution yes. and show people mm-hmm. how it can not only be livable but also appealing and appetizing. So talk a little bit about that because, you know, people don't realize or they may realize that it's not just in cookies and cakes. It could be in yogurt, uh, salad dressing, oatmeal, pasta sauce. We we both went the aisles of the breakfast cereals before and found out how much like ten to twenty grams or more per cup of added sugar in oh, some of these cereals. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and so people are thinking, what's what's in my cupboard? So talk a little bit about what you know the soups and the recipes you've come up with for the sugar savvy solution, which is such a great resource for people. Well, thank you. And you see, because it's. It's more than clearly, I mean, sugar is driving the engine of obesity and, and chronic disease, you know, but there's a lot of other things that are mixed in with it. Processed foods basically are dead food, and the goal is to get away from processed foods just as much as possible and just start buying real food. We have to, we have to cook again. Um, that's a big one, and you know, Max, come on, I never cooked anything before, Um but, you know, we've got to buy our, our, our vegetables and cut them up. And, you know, I'm pretty vegan most of the time, but I eat whatever I want. If I want a small, you know, piece of meat or chicken or whatever, you know, I'll have it periodically. It's not like I'm not allowed to eat things. You know, the goal of the Sugar Savvy Solution is to help you, the person, um, change what you like. And once you start trying this program, you do you, you know, you need to, like, do a little cleanse in the beginning because you've got to cleanse your, your palate so, you know, healthier foods will taste better to you. But I promise you, if you commit yourself to wanting to be, you know, your, your strongest and your most vivacious, you know, you can do this. I mean, we all know what aging, like, aging is not, opt, you know, optional. You have to age, but you don't have to rot, and you don't have to rust out. And that's what we're doing. So my, my message, you know, to the men and women out there, if you have a sugar addiction and basically a food addiction, because if you eat processed food, it's in everything. It's in, it's in everything under different words. And it's, you know, very smart scientists and have figured out ways, you know, to stimulate your brain to eat that way. It's really not your fault. You're a victim. You know, in a sense, you are absolutely a victim. Take that shame off of you. You know, get a little bit riled up in a positive way. And once your weight starts going up, uh, you know, I'm sorry, the energy starts going up and your weight starts coming down, that bloat falls off, something starts happening in your spirit. You start feeling better. You start working your affirmations. You wake up, I'm happy, I'm healthy. Live, you know, with gratitude. We can do this. Anybody can. You, you, you. Our, our country is being played by the system. They don't want people to be uh, wide awake and alert and, and thinking clearly. And people are just walking around in the fog. It's sad. I mean, 
people are waddling. They're not walking. You know, when I see those commercials, you know, America runs on Duncan. No, they don't. It's waddling has become normal. And it's not, I'm not saying that in a negative way because it's not that person's fault because they've been manipulated to eat this way to keep this crazy system going that we just keep supporting. So vote with your pocketbook. You know, cleanse your palate. You can do this and you'll feel so much better. You'll want to do it. That's what you were. That's what you're making reference to, Max, that it stops being, oh, my God, I have to do this. It's just like getting sober from anything. When you just start feeling happier and joyful because your brain's not constantly thinking about food. I mean, there's beautiful women, you know, they go out to events, they go to fabulous things, but all they're thinking about is, you know, staying away from that, you know, the desserts over there. Or food just drives their lives. It doesn't do that when you stop eating trigger foods. Well, you know what drives my mind is games, high voltage. And this year, all my <laughs> guests are taking the hot seat. <laughs> oh, high voltage. You are so passionate. I love having you on this show. I hope people hear that. And I hope they check out the Energy Up website and they check out the Sugar Savvy Solution. We'll be talking to Stephanie, who you've worked with in a minute. But first, you're in Stephanie the hot seat. Stephanie's the other side of my brain. She's more than just well, she'll, that. Well, she's coming up. But right now, you're in the hot seat. Please get comfortable okay. if you can. It's a little hot in there. Uh, you were involved in the Sugar Sweetened Beverage Ban in New York City, spearheaded by um, Mayor Michael Bloomberg a few years ago. Mm-hmm. What did you think mm-hmm. about this important legislation, and why do you think it should expand, or how do you feel about it today? Well, un- okay, all of that was kind of the big gulp that they were trying to do. It wasn't trying to ban um, sugar. It was just trying not to be able to sell in such humongous amounts. And um, it really did not fly in New York. That part of it did not. But Bloomberg, you know, is the same person who's smoking is now looked at totally different. Uh, the goal was to get soda tax on um, different, um, like, voting things in different cities. We as a society have got to understand sugar is America's number one drug. It's as simple as that. And if we need, if we want to fight it, we have to support um, cities or different states and different cities are trying to get soda taxes on the ballot. And then the money that is made has been successful in 10 cities so far. You can Google and kind of find that out. Um, but if you want, you know, it's really, my, my opinion, being on a hot seat, is, you know, just getting our public officials to understand what's going on with this and get some soda taxes, you know, out there. And it's not saying you can't buy them. It's just the number one sellers of um, sweetened beverages are food stamps. Did you know that, Max? That's what No, I didn't. Yes, yes. Snap dollars. Now, when you – snap dollars should be for, for food. I mean – these, some of these things will look very politically incorrect to say, but we've got to stop worrying about that. You know, we need our health and we need our vitality. And if we want to be a strong country, we have to be strong citizens. And we're in danger. <laughs> Absolutely. So and, you know, I want to, uh, when we, we're going to introduce Stephanie in a minute, but after that, we're going to talk a little bit about the SSB pledge and why removing mm-hmm. some of these soda sweet teas could really spark interest in you becoming a uh, 
aware about the added sugar and change in your lifestyle. But in honor of Stephanie, who you just said was your right hand, she worked so passionately and so long on the Energy Up program, we thought Charday would give her the ultimate salute. <laughs> and here's some by your side, courtesy of Sony Music. I'll tell you you're right when you want. That was an interesting cut, but what, hey, we'll go with it. Welcome back to Diaries Late Night. I'm your host, Mr. Dean Better. Tonight we're talking about the sweetest taboo, which is known as added sugar tonight with musical inspiration from Charday. She's been at High Voltage's side for many years. Stephanie McKendry is also a passionate diabetes advocate, health and wellness advocate. Please welcome her to the show. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Max. Hi, Voltage. Hi, everybody. It's been two years. Um, Stephanie, you know, I know a lot of our listeners heard the passion in High Voltage, but they, they haven't experienced it live. Tell us a little bit about your story. What got you so involved in this program for the amount of time you were involved in it? Wow. Well, really, what got me involved is High Voltage changed my life. When I met her, I am a sugar addict, and I didn't really understand what it was. I didn't know how to fix it. And when I met Voltage and listened to her speak, it was finally the solution. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm 30 years old at the time. I'm not anymore. I'm much older than that now. Um, I wish I'd known this when I was 15, 12, 11 years old. And it would have changed my life. And that alone, because she changed my life, that I'm going to get behind this woman and do everything I can to help spread her message to all these young girls and help change their life and make a difference in it so that they have the energy they need and they don't feel tired all the time and they're not obsessing about food. They're not sitting at that party obsessing about the piece of birthday cake and they're actually enjoying themselves and they're not binge eating because of the sugar addiction and realizing that, you know, what was causing the cravings. And if I didn't, the, you know, the eating the bagel was causing me to crave the sugar and and I didn't understand why I couldn't stop eating. And Voltage was the one who taught me how I could understand how I could choose what I wanted to eat instead of food controlling me. And it changed my life. And so I've dedicated myself to help change others because she was right. And it was amazing. So what were the first steps yeah. like? Like how did you do it, Stephanie? And, and a lot of listeners are wondering how livable is something like that? Um you know, it was very livable for me. When I first met Voltage, I was pregnant, and I was pushing 200 pounds, and I was really stressed. I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to lose this weight? And I just, you know, was, you know, just eating. And when she taught me, when I, the day I walked out of the hospital, I said, I'm going to stay away from, from refined sugars. And because in her um, initial book she had, there were tons of tips and recipes of tons of things to eat as alternatives, and it, I just – it, 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 I found it to be very easy, and it, it wasn't – I changed what I wanted to eat, and I stayed away from the foods that made my eating go out of control. And sometimes, you know, every now and then I, I, I slipped, and I know one time I almost slipped badly, and I had all this junk food, and I suddenly looked at it, and I said, I don't want to eat this anymore. I don't like the way this is going to make me feel. And I took it out, and I threw it all away. And I was surprised. You know, and there were people like, oh, just have this bite of this. Just have this, you know, taste of this. I'm like, I'm good. You know, I, I need to just be good. And, and so I had those naysayers, even my own mother, who's Italian, who's always shoving food in your face. It's rude not to eat. And I, I really had to make them understand um, what I was dealing with. And 
I, you know, eventually they understood what I was handling with the food addiction. But with Voltage and, and the Sugar Savvy, there's so many easy tips of alternatives and things that will, you know, replace things. I'm eating, you know, raw nuts and always having a good snack with me. So if I got hungry, I always had something in my purse that I wanted to eat. So I didn't make that choice to eat something I didn't really want to eat at the time. And it just empowered me to take control of it. I was surprised it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. But I made a choice that and, day. And wait, we're and getting um, one of our listeners wants to know, is a similar voltage to Atkins high protein, low sugar kind of craze going on or the paleo diet? Is that what you're no. advocating? That's coming from no. Shirley. Okay, no, it's not. No. Why? Why? It, what's the difference? Shirley's tuning in wants to know. Yeah, there's a, a voltage is not a, I would love to. Both eat it, it's not a diet. I don't diet. I don't want someone to tell me what I can and cannot eat. That just makes me want it more. It, it was a different mindset of saying, you know, I want to choose to eat things that make me feel good, and I knew that sugar didn't make me feel good. So I made a choice to say I'm going to choose things to make me feel good. And, and now I'm at the point where I can – I know how I can have um, a few bites of dessert. I know the environment in which I can have it. I never tell myself no. I just suddenly realize I don't actually like donuts. So if I go in, if I'm sitting with a thing of Dunkin' Donuts, I look at them and go, I don't actually like them. Whereas I would eat a dozen of them. No problem. And you know, wait, um, Stephanie, like donuts are very obvious, but there's now like 56 different names for sugar on food levels, including barley malt, corn syrup, brown uh, rice syrup. I know you're... Voltage, how do people identify this stuff when you say read the labels and think about sugar moderation? Well, okay. First of all, sugar moderation, if you do the math, there's, uh, and, you know, sodas average at 76 grams of sugar, you know, in a, bo- you know, a bottle that's not even that big. If 24 grams of sugar, there's more than 24 grams in a serving of m- most, many, many, many processed foods. So, and remember, Energy Up is not eating is only one-fifth of the program. The other fifth is working your affirmations every day, living in gratitude, working out, you know, um, treating others as you wish. I mean, it's, it's AA. Basically, it's very similar to the AA program because you're not – it's just not the food. Addiction is not just the, the thing you're addicted to. It's the mindset and the lifestyle that you live in. So all of those things have to be dealt with because – we're changing, literally working, and what Steph was basically saying is we really help you retrain your brain. And retrain your brain, there's a big difference between I don't want that and, oh, I'm not allowed to have that. Huge difference. And, and, it's, and it's can, Well, and we're getting another uh, listener. I had tweeted out, Stephanie, that you were involved with the PTA. Lori from Pittsburgh wrote, my daughter's elementary school hosts a bake sale on the last Friday of every month, I'm trying to limit my daughter's consumption of sugar. What can I bring? What do I do so my daughter doesn't feel left out? I know both of this has been something you're passionate about, too, Voltage. How, do, how does she solve that mother who's con- uh, with the daughter? Because I know you went through this oh, with your kids. Uh, you know, I, I, I have to say I did go through this with my kids. I started a crunchy carnival at my kids' school. We really tried to bring awareness to sugar. We brought in Fruit Fridays to make kids enjoy eating fruit and making eating fruit fun again. Um, with the bake sales and the birthday celebrations and trying to reduce that a little bit, it, it was, I have to say, almost a failure. It's such a struggle, and that's changing parents' mindset. And it's 
it, it was a, it was a very very big struggle. Um, I would almost say is plan for the bake sale. If you know you're so she doesn't feel that she's left out, help her plan. Say okay, you're going to have the bake sale. You're going to want something to bake sale. So let's not have things these other days. And make sure when she's there, if she has something, then you remove her from it so she can't continue to act on the cravings. What I found is you know, then have a piece of fruit or something for her to eat so that she. I found if you're craving it and you want more of it, if you change your taste and eat something else, it will sort of diffuse that want for more of something else. So she has her cookie, make sure she has a banana or a piece of fruit or some carrots or something, and kind of get her distracted doing something else. A lot of times they eat out of boredom, it's just there. And Matt, something else, because, you know, we all worked in the schools for so long. That's why we started really focusing on the sugar moderation, because it was an – it was – easier it was an easier sell with a lot less pushback so there's a bake sale you know there's a bake sale for the school you have to bring something so make sure whatever you are making with your child you know there's less than 24 grams of sugar in a serving you know in one thing and then you can also use that as a jump off point and a, a teaching moment you know okay so this is your 24 grams of sugar today let's make sure you don't consume any more sugar for for 24 hours you need to take these different things that they push back as teaching moments, and because yeah, nobody will argue that moderation is a bad thing, nobody. But what the and, problem and, is, they don't realize how little it is. <laughs> and, and one thing I forgot to add: put anything on a stick, fruit on a stick. Kids love it, <laughs> You're right, yeah. and that is my yeah. thing. Put it on a stick. If you want to bring something healthy, put some fruit on a stick. You'll be surprised how quickly it goes. Or chocolate dipped yeah, strawberries, or chocolate idea. dipped fruit. Kids will mm-hmm. devour that. And if you put it on a stick. Um, it's amazing. I find sticking on a stick and kids think it's amazing. All right. I want to end this segment talking about the Choose to Be Sugar-Free School movement. Both of you were a part of it. It was educating students, teachers, and faculty about the harmful impact of sugar-sweetened beverages. You focused on the drinks because a lot of people aren't aware of uh, how much sugar they're drinking in their favorite things. Oh both of you had a whole way of promoting drinking more water. Uh, talk a little bit about that point, because this this is an easy step off too for people to begin making a change. Is focusing on the what they're drinking, right? Well, absolutely. And the quickest way to start getting your health, you know, on the swing in the up direction, is literally no SSB, no sugar sweetened beverages. And I'm also saying in the same thing, no fruit juice. Fruit juice and Coca Cola is the same thing. I know people go crazy when they hear that. But it's absolutely the truth. If you want your children fruit, give them fruit. You're not going to give them eight oranges. You know, give them an orange, whatever. So if you can literally water half the time when you think you're hungry, you're sleepy, you're depressed, you're dehydrated. You know, America is dehydrated. So we need to be drinking a lot, of, a lot more water. And we do, you know, uh, 64 ounces a day. And take a pledge with uh, – Max, do you have the um, – is there ability so for some of your listeners to get a copy of the SSB pledge? Because it's even it can be fun to do for the family, you know, in October. You know, I'm the, curious the if you can lead us in at Voltage. I have it right here. I'm going to post it tomorrow. Okay. Um, well, Steph, do it with me and Max. One, two, three. <laughs> I am happy. I'm happy. I am healthy. I'm healthy. And I. You've got to do it, both because we sound like we're echoing. Okay, I'll do it. I am happy, I am healthy, and I choose to be 
for five whole days. SSD free. Chocolate milk, sports drink, soda, sweet tea. That's just too much sugar for me. I'll drink more water, not fruit juice. Move my body, give my spirit a boost. Energy up. Woo! That's the pleasure. I love that pleasure. And we would do it, you know, with whole schools. We did it here in Ohio. I don't know, there was about a thousand people in the auditorium. But you can do it with your family. And even for five, no chocolate milk, no, you know, no crap, no dairy, water, water, water. Or you can squeeze some fruit like spa water just into some water. But literally, you know, for five days, if you can go without drinking, you know, sugar-sweetened beverages and your children can, it's really on the road to living what we call sugar savvy, which is just living smart, you know, living smart and wise. Well, that's great. Uh, Stephanie, I hope you're having some water because it's about to get hot in here. It's time to get in the hot seat with Stephanie. <laughs> Please take a seat, Stephanie. Uh, here's your question. True or false? Okay. You're born with a sweet tooth. I think true. Humans think are hard work. I think I was I was born with it. I think I was born with it. I had an issue all my life, and I have friends that don't. I think you're born with it. You're mm-hmm. right. You, I, I should do the I should do the clapping for you. Here we go. <laughs> uh, humans are hardwired to prefer sweet from birth. Sugars are a type of carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. When we eat carbs, it stimulate the release of a feel-good brain chemistry in us. Most brain yep. cells are influenced in some way by this, and it indicates the bra- brain cells are related to the mood, sexual function, sleep, memory, and learning. So no wonder why mm-hmm. sweet things make us feel so good. Great job, exactly. Stephanie. Thank you for joining us. Voltage, you're going to stay on the program. Help us welcome our other guests along the way. And, uh, Stephanie, cool. we're taking part in 31 Days of Shocktober. Thanks for being a part of the show right. tonight. Thanks for having me, Max. You, Bye, Stevie. everybody. It was great here. Bye, Voltage. Love you, too. Take love care, guys. You, baby. And the gym. Woo. Voltage, you Woo. love the 80s just like I do. Charday is part of a band. Yes. Singer mm-hmm. works with several musicians to create that incredible, unique sound. Here's one of the first uh, songs I fell in love with. It's called Your Good Love is King, courtesy of Sony Music. Let's listen. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick, and High Voltage, America's number one energy conductor, is with me all night. We're talking about the Woo! sweetest taboo known as added sugar, courtesy with musical inspiration from Chardet. Hey, making a lifestyle change takes a lot of work, and you need a big boost of confidence. My next guest is a former model, actress, comedian, performer, who is an ind- a fashion industry icon, image consultant, and the... Uh, creator of Run, Runway the Real Way. Please welcome to the podcast, Catherine Schuler. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Max. 
You're also a sugar savvy uh, solution woman. So talk a little bit about your your work with Voltage. Hey, um, one of the things that always resonates with me when I work with Voltage is all of her catchphrases that stick in your head. Not just the affirmations, but those little tiny mantras that remind you when you go for something just to rethink and you have to unplug from the matrix that's the thing that yes. became the most <laughs> radical thing that I learned from her because I'm like an activist radical hippie from the 60s and 70s and that's my generation and um, as Voltage said many times they're doing it to us this is being done to us you don't have a yes. gun to your head but sugar is kind of a gun. I've had so yep. many arguments with people who say, oh, I, don't, I want my 20-ounce Slurpee. Bloomberg is keeping me from that 20-ounce Slurpee, oh. and I don't like being controlled by Bloomberg. I said, you know what? It's not about that. It's about the sugar controlling you. You don't right. have a choice. You can't choose 20 ounces. You have to be able to make that choice and back off back away from the 20-ounce slurping. You don't need it. You don't need it. They're making you hardwired. They're making you crave it, and that is effed up. Is, is yeah, <laughs> it's wrong. But we, both, we all know that sometimes in making these lifestyle changes, there is a struggle and often a failure, which is why the idea of adding the makeover uh, you know, boost the confidence and kind of help someone get back on track with uh, trying to do it again. And, of course, we talked earlier about voltage and saying how willpower has nothing to do with it, but we also know glam power does. So speak a little bit Absolutely. about that, um, Catherine, and why you're so passionate to bring that part into this whole journey of discovery around mm-hmm. what foods work for you and which ones don't. Well, um, it's kind of a full circle um, uh, existence. You know, it, the food choices, the wardrobe choices, they all reflect an inner expression and they all reflect self-love and they all are very tied into how the world perceives you and how you perceive yourself. Image shouldn't really matter, but it does. Um, it's kind of like making the best food choice. Yeah, your body can do deal with it, but it's not the best thing in the end. So, I feel like every time you go out the door, the world is your, um, uh, every day is a fashion show and the world's your runway. So every day choose to make that choice to look a certain way because there are studies done that, that have shown that if you choose to spend time, you know, dealing with your face and your hair and your apparel, you will do better in other aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And the world will also, um, kind of give you the kudos and the attention that shows you care. Like you have to look like you care, you know, and it just, it, it kind of flows where it, it just do it anyway, act as if fashion has saved my life so many yep. times. I felt <laughs> blue. I said, dress, dressing down, dressing up when you're feeling down. Um, and it just, it just works. I, I can't explain it, but once you try it, it truly is one of those things. I'd rather be addicted to fashion than it. <laughs> well, Voltage, talk talk about this too for a minute, Voltage, because you've always been like a passport to the glamorous life. You actually have said many times like you want to show people that being healthy is glamorous and you take 
people to spa days and make sure they're doing pampering. And a lot of times we, you've worked with a lot of women who, as Catherine just said, might lack the self-confidence. And these things really do make a difference. Can you talk a little bit about your experience yeah, and, yeah. and why that's a part of the program? Well, so, so many times, you know, women, you know, mothers, wives, caretakers, they just, you know, a lot of women just do, 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 you know, for their families, for their friends, and for others. And, you know, something we remind them of very loudly and clearly is if you don't take care of you, all the energy is drained out of you. There's nothing left. You know, a lot of women think it's terrible, to, you know, to take time. They feel guilty, you know, guilty you know, wanting to look pretty or taking the time to be made up or well-dressed or somehow, you know, that I should be doing something else. And, and Catherine, as you well know, in our society today, it's weird out there because, you know, now there's this backlash. I love fashion the same way you do. Well, Catherine and I always loved working together. I, you know, I love to be fit, fabulous, and fierce. And, you know, fierce mm-hmm. in my being and my doing. Mm-hmm. And there's almost a backlash against it. Like, well, if you're a serious person, you know, your face is scrubbed and you don't care about what you look like, that's bull. That's bull. I mean, to me, you know, it's, a bad, it's not a healthy message. You know, and, and the just, thing is, is I work a lot with clients and their daughters and their nieces and the people they're quote-unquote right. taking care of are so happy when they do take a moment for themselves, when they do look good. Absolutely. And they are actually happier because they don't feel like that they're sacrificing everything. And they take a moment for themselves and they really, you know, look like they care and their families respond to it. They can't, you know, you can't do, Because do, the women do. are happier. Yes. Right. And, and their why not? families There's are happier that, that they're taking care of themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's not in a vain way. You know, we're not talking about vanity of thinking, you know, because, you know, you look amazing, you look better than somebody. It's not about that at all. It's like a sisterhood. Like nothing makes me happier than seeing women dressed amazing, you know, and just glowing and kind of becoming. But, Catherine, there's a a backlash going on out there right now. You know, very strange. And female empowerment is somehow non-glamorous and you know, glamour is starting to mean something like affected, you know, or yeah, I, I, I don't think know, but a, I call it the Kardashian effect. <laughs> well, in a, okay, in a sense, but even them, I mean, look, everybody puts them down, but they know how to take nothing and make something. I mean, it's kind of funny, you know, and this whole thing. <laughs> I mean, it is, but the thing I like about what you do, Catherine, and I've always uh, appreciated this and value it, is uh, someone could turn up the glamour today. They don't have to wait until they have a major transformation. They could start exactly. right now. Like when you say yes. make, make, the, make the street your runway and every day is a fashion show, yes. what you're really saying is work with what you have right I mean, I've worked yep. with you for 15 years. Work with what yep. you have right now and show yep. it off to yep. its best, right? And you have seen just how different the world treats you, right, In diff- when mm-hmm. you're dressed up or you're dressed down. Can you speak about that? Well, uh, I think if you are a fly on the wall, you know, try it. Just, just, just tweak a few things about your your, your um, appearance, and watch somebody say, "Did you lose weight? Did you sleep better? Did you, you look so young? You know, whatever." Right. 
just try it. Put your hair in a ponytail, put some mascara and some makeup on, and put an outfit on that you feel smoking hot in. And you tell me that you don't get at least one or two compliments that maybe re- respond to how you used to look that are in contrast to it, but also <laughs> people love to tell you, you look great today. And people love complimenting people who um, who look a certain way and who radiate. And you can't have... And also, because you do take such good care of yourself and your SSB and the whole, um, you know, unplugged from the matrix, you do feel better. You do look better. Your skin does glow. Your eyes do sparkle. And you can't well, have voltage, put, you know, bad candles, uh, you know. No, I love it, Catherine. I want to ask Voltage. I mean, ageism is everywhere. But thankfully, we do have Cher, we have Jane Fonda, and we have High Voltage. Talk a little bit about this idea of older women. When you get past the age of 70, feeling valued and, and not feeling invisible in society, and why this is what we're talking about is important to that demographic as well. Well, and especially to the demographic that's coming up, because, you know, I mean, 70, I just turned 70 last month. You know, I only deal in zeros and five, but I really am 70 now. And... You know, fashion and looking good and feeling good is ageless. Energy is ageless. You know, mm-hmm. we put the age on it. And, you know, the the generations coming up, you know, 70, I mean, I, people are starting new careers. doing. I mean, it's not, a, we look at aging in such a negative way. But that's because most people get very sick. If yeah. they're, they're, what they're afraid of is that they're rusting and they're rotting on the inside. But I'm telling you, take those steps, you know, get the sugar, the processed crap food out, you know, just start moving your body, smiling. I mean, it's not difficult. And the payoff is the difference between wearing high heels at 70 or using a, a, what are those things that you push? People can't walk. A walker. Walkers. You know, it's, it's high heels or walkers, you know. And if you do have a walker, at least throw some glitter on it and have some fun, you know. And don't hunch over. Posture is huge. Stand yeah. up tall. You know, because yeah. as people start to age, their shoulders start coming forward. They start humping over. Nonsense. You know, stand up, shoulders up, back down. And you got to woo. Oh, Catherine, I hope you got the glitter out because it's about to get hot in here. It's time to take the hot seat. Uh oh. Woo! Ow! Ow! Oh, Catherine, people of all ages are wearing workout wear all day now, whether it's leggings with a long coat and a scarf or someone younger wearing a crop top t shirt and a denim jacket with some high heel boots. The question is, is wearing yoga pants all day whack or wow? Well, um, I think it's wow because I think some of the yoga mm-hmm. pants are so um, – uh, the fabric is so great and they're almost like plastic. Mm-hmm. And if you dress them up a bit and, and don't wear them with like a big you know, logo uh, uh, emblazoned T-shirt, you can really rock them. In fact, I'm, I'm sitting in these drop crotch pants right now that I have actually worked <laughs> out in um, before. And it's, it's kind of a comfortable um, fashion statement. And there's actually a term called athleisure and athlux. Mm-hmm. It's A-T-H-S as in yes. athletic. 
So um, a lot of people are turning to that as comfort, but also style. So a lot of brands are coming out with amazing looking garments that it's like, this is workout wear? Right, right, right. Hey, what did you think of Serena Williams in the cat suit at the French Open that inspired so much controversy? She looked hot to me. I mean, hot in a really almost like perspiration kind of way because, I mean, when you have clothes that are that close to your body, I thought, wow, she's, she is really like a furnace. I mean, she, she I can't believe it. I missed it. it. What would she do? She wore a black cat suit, head-to-toe cat suit. That's, I mean, as opposed to a little cool. white skirt, you know? Yeah, so. Um, you know, but you know, wait, it was functional. She has a lot of problem with her blood clots at that time, so she wore, yep. had to wear a, a cat suit because she needed to have the, keep the circulation going. And so that's cool. why yeah. she chose to wear that, black, that black Nike cat suit. Well, Catherine, you know, you and I met at a beauty pageant. And so coming up after this next break, we're going to be talking to someone who's going to be competing in the All-American and Mrs. All-American pageants in October in, in Ocean City, Maryland, plus the Mrs. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, United States pageants as a preliminary to the Mrs. United States pageants held in Orlando, Florida in May 2019. And her chosen charity of choice is Divabetic. Before we do that, Woo! though... It's going to be exciting. <laughs> yes, I want my listeners and Voltage and Catherine to hang out and hang on to your love, courtesy of Sony Music. Let's listen to Charday. Mm. Parading in a bathing suit. 
because you had an opportunity to use a platform to speak out on things, and you chose your first platform was Making Waves Wipe Out Diabetes. So what got you involved in wanting to be involved in, as a diabetes advocate? Well, for one, I, I when I was pregnant with my first child, I developed gestational diabetes that then um, progressed into full-blown type 2 diabetes. And being a type 2 diabetic, I, you know, at first I, for me, it was, an embarrassment because here I am, I was this athlete, played sports all my life, and people associate type 2 diabetics with being overweight. And that was embarrassing for me. And Did you feel like so people Dylan, were looking at it with a, sh- a lot of shame and blame? Um, I, I think people do. Um, they look at you because, you know, I, I did gain weight from being pregnant. And so they look at you as if something you did something wrong. And well, well, if you just lose weight, then then you won't be a type two diabetic, and it doesn't work that way. And so what? So, so how long ago? What? How long ago were uh, were you pregnant with your child? So we just get a history of your um, experience living with diabetes. Well, my first son, I had him in two thousand eleven. And I was um, 34 at the time. Okay, so and then you were gestational. So you've been living with type 2 diabetes for approximately seven, six, seven years now. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And so, what have what have you what have been some of the struggles for you before we bring in our certified diabetes educator? Just curious about what a lifestyle has been like living with type 2 diabetes for you. First, um, owning that I actually had type 2 diabetic. Uh, that I had type 2 diabetes, I couldn't do the same things that I used to do. Don't get me wrong, I was always this healthy person being into sports and stuff, but at the same time, I could always eat what I want when I want it, and I couldn't necessarily do that. And then when you have to take your your blood sugar, when you have to test every day, especially when I was pregnant, I had to test like four times a day. And that can itself is life altering and and you put a lot of pressure on yourself because when your numbers aren't always normal, you beat up on yourself. And it's I, true. I just have and to you deal, know Vault, deal with that. And Voltage, you've certainly seen a lot of women come through your program who because oh, of yeah. advancing years can't eat what mm-hmm. they used to eat. They're no longer twelve or fifteen like Tamika saying or at cheer cheerleader she was also on the um track and field team, I mean, you, you played in multiple sports. You really were like an all, you know, basketball, softball. So, I mean, that's a huge change in your, just your yeah. activity level. So how, do, how have right. you seen other women make this transition with food? Are you asking Voltage. me that voltage? Yes. Yes. yes well, you know how when, whenever I speak, you know, I always say, and, you know, we turn type 2 diabetes around all the time. Max, you worked with me when we ran our programming out of the diabetes, the Friedman Diabetes Institute. And um, it's not a bla- – if you, you can turn it around through diet and through working out. I mean, there may be a small percentage, you know, of people that that might not be the case for but I just know we had turned it around so many times. And then again, 
when that happens and you no longer have to take your medication, I don't know, your control comes to your life. That starts feeding the idea of you start wanting different things because you want things that empower you, not that make you sick. Type 2 diabetes is a, you know, can really be a wake-up call. So many people get into the best shape and the healthiest they've ever been, you know, by a health scare. You know, something scares them. And I tell many people, you know, don't wait till that happens because it will happen. Something's going to go. And <laughs> You know, get the lifestyle. Well, and you've and seen, you, you always, Voltage, you always bring people together like Catherine and Stephanie. I mean, community really supports yes. each other. And there's something, to Tamika's point about, you know, the shame, which we hear a lot at Divabetic, and that's why mm-hmm. we try to pre- present outreach programs, because there's so much about that collective energy that you have in a room. Well, absolutely. Well, that's, that's why AA is so successful. I mean, you can't, you need support. This is not something that, you know, that is meant to be done on your own, in my opinion. You know, you need to find a support team. Um, right. And Max Divabetic, well, that's how you and I got together, Max, because you created Divabetic, you know, and the energy up, you know, which turned into the Sugar Savvy Sisterhood. They're sisterhoods, brotherhoods. You know, you need to surround yourself with people who understand what you're going through and can actually help you as you help them. I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And nothing is anything to be ashamed from. Brain chemistry, you know, health, you know, even if we've done a lot of things, you know, because you didn't do it knowingly. You didn't eat a lifestyle, you know, with the idea I'm going to get type 2 diabetes or heart disease. You know, that's the because, you know, everybody eats the same way, but unfortunately everybody also has all of these um, chronic diseases now. But we can turn this around. That's the good news. Yeah. Well, for and me, I mean, diabetes, I'm sorry. No, no, and uh, I, I don't want to cut you off. She's living with type 2 diabetes. Yeah, well, type, we, two. type 2 diabetes runs in my family, and so because there's the lifestyle a... lifestyle runs in the family. Right, <laughs> but there's also a lot of... <laughs> but, okay. but there's also a lot of skinny people that are walking around with type 2 diabetes because the difference between type 1 and type of 2... Course is that type 1, you can't make insulin, whereas type 2, you can make insulin, but you're just not making enough. So it's it necessarily, yes, weight makes weight. It's not weight gain. It's not the weight It's a number. factor, but it's not the only factor. Of course. No, it's, it's true. This is, a, wait, this is a great question for our uh, certified diabetes educator. She works out of Atlanta. Please welcome to the show Patricia Addy Gentle. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Matt. I mean, we are we are talking a little bit about uh, the difference between type one and type two. I'd love to get your response to that, since you are not only a registered nurse, you're also a certified diabetes educator. Yes, um, and and your guests are pretty much on target with type one being a condition where the person is making no insulin. Uh, type two, um, you are making insulin. However, that insulin is not working for you. And weight gain or obesity or or just being overweight is a factor in that, um, the way that you're utilizing the insulin. You can have insulin resistance, meaning that there is adipose tissue or fat cells that can block the usage as well. So um, extra weight, carrying extra weight is a risk factor for type 2 diabetes. It is not the only reason a person has mm-hmm. type 2 diabetes, however. Mm-hmm. And so we do right. have to be 
cognizant about what we're eating and that uh, added sugar that we've been talking about tonight. Well, in both of um, and I, I could testify to the fact that there were a lot of Asian women who attended the Friedman Diabetes uh, Center for Energy mm-hmm. Up that were 90 pounds living with type 2 diabetes, exactly. right, Voltage? I mean, mm-hmm. it yep, definitely, yep, yep. you know, woke up our eyes to the, the the array of people living with diabetes. But I think the thing, Patricia, that a lot of people don't contribute to this excessive intake of added sugars like we were talking about earlier is not only the risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes, but also how it contributes to high blood pressure, cholesterol, mm-hmm. and chronic inflammation. Mm-hmm. Can you just kind of explain that to us? Because as listeners are tuning in tonight, we're trying to help them wake up for why they would be part of Shocktober this month with us. Absolutely. And uh, the extra weight or extra fat does contribute to a lot of chronic diseases or chronic conditions such as, as you stated, high cholesterol, hypertension and something that we don't think about sometimes certain cancer has high uh, potency uh, propensity in people who have that extra fat so um, especially like prostate cancer some breast cancer colon cancer those are the kinds of things that we don't always remember so added sugar contributing to weight gain uh, and extra fat is a problem so it's not just when you're looking at diabetes, but it's it's lifestyle changes that we have to look at across the board, not just for people who are overweight, but those who may be underweight still or, or maybe have normal weight still have to be uh, really in tune with how much sugar intake they're bringing in. And And when you talked about the Asian women with diabetes, we do know that Asian women do carry a lot of visceral fat, although they're thin and, and they look tiny, but and, and their weight is not what we would look at as being over the normal BMI, but they do carry visceral fat through the, um, the midline in the waist area. Perfect. All right. Well, guess what, everyone? One of my favorite things at my very first outreach program was playing games, so Today is going to introduce us to Never As Good As The First Time, courtesy of Sony Music, and then we're going to come right back and play The Sweetest Taboo with Tamika. But first, let's hear our Diva Inspiration Day with Never As Good As The First Time. Play with 
with people like Tanika, who's joining us from New Jersey tonight, my panel of expert judges, including High Voltage, America's number one energy conductor, the creator of the runway, Railway Runway, Catherine Schuler, and Patricia Addy Gentle, part of the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, are on our expert panel tonight. Thank you, ladies, so much for being a part of the show. Thank you, um, Tamika, we're going to ask you a series of questions. If you get them wrong, you'll hear this. If you get them right, you'll hear this. Ooh la la. This is a glamorous lifestyle. Are you ready for your first question? In the sweetest taboo. Please go into the sweetest taboo booth. And um, here we go. All I'm right. getting nervous. Okay, this, this quiz is offered on WebMD, by the way. How many teaspoons of sugar does the average American eat and drink every day? Is it nine teaspoons? 13 teaspoons, 17 teaspoons, or 22 teaspoons. How many teaspoons of sugar does the average American eat and drink every day? 17. Is that your final answer? Uh, well, it must be 22 then, 22. All right, Patricia, we'll give you the answer, then we're going to throw it to voltage about sugar in, in moderation. So how many how many teaspoons does the average American eat and drink every day? Her second answer, yes, 22 <laughs> teaspoons. It's almost, it half, almost half a cup of sugar. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and that's <laughs> up to 352 calories. And then Voltage, the American uh, Heart Association, you were talking about this earlier. What do they recommend? Well, the, one of the few things they all, you know, the World Health Organization, you know, everybody kind of agrees, um, six teaspoons, you know, tw- 24 grams, 24 hours. is easy to remember, but it, it's six teaspoons. Mm. And, again, it's in, okay. if you just do your best not to consume things that have, you know, all of your sugar in one thing, I mean, you won't be drinking, you know, sugar-sweetened beverages. You won't be doing the yogurts with the fruit in it and all that kind of crap. So it's in everything. I mean, it's a nightmare. And it's Moving right along, Tamika. Okay. Yeah. Which of the, and you could phone a friend tonight. You have Catherine Schuler, the fabulous diva image and style advisor, standing by in her active wear. Um, which of these sweeteners comes from a plant? Is it aspartame, sucrose, stevia, or neotime? Stevia. Is, and the answer is... Yeah, do it, Voltage. I can't get to it fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh la la. All right, I know um, she said stevia. Talk, talk to us about stevia, Catherine Schuler. I know you. I think you're a fan of it, aren't you? I, I I am now. It took me a while because it had a little aftertaste to it. Yeah, but, yeah. Once I realized that all that other stuff is just chemicals and, uh, you know, you can get used to it and, you know, you can probably uh, put a little cinnamon with it or whatever to mask that. The, but now I'm used to it. And you know what? I try to make every single bite I put in my mouth value and nutritious. Good and it, I don't want to have any of that pink or blue or yellow stuff in my um, system. So it's a choice. Uh, but it could be a lot sweeter than regular sugar, right? Patricia, did you have anything to add about stevia? Um, yes. 
Stevia is, according to some people, stevia is a lot sweeter, and um, that's one of the reasons why some people love stevia so much is because they feel that they can use a lot less of it than some of the other um, artificial sweeteners. But it is it is from a leaf, so it is plant-based. Tamika, we're in love with you. That's why we're asking you all these questions tonight. So here you are in the money round. <laughs> On the food label, the amount of sugar is listed in grams. We want to know what's one gram of sugar. Is it A, one quarter teaspoon? Is it B, one half teaspoon? Is it C, one teaspoon? Or is it D, one tablespoon? Is it a quarter teaspoon? Is that your final answer? Uh, no. <laughs> you what said I is your call final on answer? somebody for help, right? Catherine Schuler standing by. On a food label, the amount of sugar listed is grams. What's one gram of sugar? Quarter teaspoon, half a teaspoon, one teaspoon, one tablespoon. For the win. I think one teaspoon. Is that your final answer? Yep. Yes. That's uh, no. Ooh. High voltage. What's one gram of sugar? Four grams equal a teaspoon, I believe. Yeah, so it's a quarter teaspoon. One quarter teaspoon. Catherine, I mean, uh, Patricia, what do you want to say about it? Um, She named it right at the first time. Oh, yes, she did. She did have it right the first time. Go with that first instinct. (laughs) But one quarter (laughs) teaspoon is considered one gram of sugar, and and as High Voltage said, it's uh, four grams um, is equal. I mean, um, four grams of sugar is what we are usually looking at in in most ingredients. So the one quarter of a teaspoon is one gram. Because one yep. teaspoon is a qu- is the four grams, right? And you know, oh, okay. uh, Patricia, a lot of people talk about 15 grams in the diabetes uh, world, especially if they're living with type one diabetes and experience a low mm-hmm. blood sugar. So, what is 15 grams of carbohydrate? Well, 15 grams of carbohydrate in most cases is like about um, four ounces of fruit juice. Um, that's the one time that you are able to use fruit juice be, uh, to correct a low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Also, you can mm-hmm. have like uh, three pieces of hard candy, like peppermint candy. You know, the little fine size of raisins, dehydrated fruit is real good in bringing up the blood sugar as well. But the one thing you have to remember when you do have a low blood sugar, meaning your blood sugar is less than 70, you need 15 grams of carbohydrate. And when we say the rule of 15, we're saying consume 15 grams of carbohydrate, wait 15 minutes, recheck the blood sugar. If you're not above 70 after 15 minutes, then you need a second treatment of 15 grams. So there, there's a little chart or various uh, things that you can use that will equal the 15 grams 
Uh, one of the things you do need to remember, if you have a low blood sugar, that's a critical time when you want to bring the blood sugar up as fast as possible. And so you don't want to um, put the hard candy or something in your mouth and not consume it completely. You want to go ahead, chew it, don't suck, but chew it and consume it. You want to drink the fruit juice, not just sipping, but to drink it immediately to bring that sugar up. One thing about a low blood sugar, uh, if you over-treat it, you can bring the sugar up way higher than what you intend to. And so you want to bring it up to an adequate amount where you are uh, able to concentrate, focus, and get your bearings and go ahead and have a meal. Most of the time... The low sugar is as a result of skipping a meal, taking medication, and not eating. And so usually it's mealtime when a person has that low blood sugar. So you need to eat the meal, not even thinking about the extra 15 grams of carbohydrate, but use your regular normal carb count that you would use in your meals. And I think that... Catherine, our studio band is just so anxious. What were you going to add? I, I said I think fat is very, very important to uh, mm-hmm. a diet because, like, um, uh, Voltage introduced me to coconut oil and to mm-hmm. uh, avocado, and that really keeps my cravings down. If I have something mm-hmm. like that, I feel so satisfied and so satiated. Um, so, you know, I think opting for fat, which has gotten such a bad rap over the, the last few decades, fat does mm-hmm. not make you fat. Exactly. Fat right. protein, All right. well, it's... for me, protein is really helps control my, both my um, appetite and just control how much I eat. Yep. That's and water. But but you've heard protein, but nobody nobody really thinks about the fact that that helps you too. Mm-hmm. That's why I brought Tamika, it up. Tamika, are you having I, fun tonight? Oh, I'm having a great time. I'm so happy to be here and to be a part of Divabetic and just advocating for your great organization. Um, the first time I attended that event, for the first time, I really really felt empowered to tell my story and proud to be able to use my story to help other people. Well, good, because you're going to need it during our lightning round. (laughs) (laughs) All right, she's ready. Charday, cut it. Thank you. Okay, that band is just kind of crazy. I know she's sold millions of albums, but she's really got to work with the host. All right, here you go. It's a lightning round. Which of our sweetest taboo, which item contains more sugar? Is it two tablespoons of tomato sauce or a handful of cherry tomatoes? I would say tomato sauce. Patricia? That is the right answer. And when you think about processed kinds of things, uh, you know, just think of the added sugar. So if you're having your tomato and it's a fresh tomato, then you do uh, have less sugar there. But when um, it's processed as tomato sauce, 
various added sugar. And so you Involved do have more I mean, sugar, you have the right Because answer. of all the people drinking juices and you're always advocating to eat the whole fruit. Why is that so important? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you need the, the fiber in the fruit or the vegetable, you know, slows down the absorption of the sugar. So, you know, eating, you don't eat eight oranges at a time. You don't want to, you know, orange juice, for the example you gave to bring your sugar up quick with diabetes is fine. But juice is not something, you know, we should be drinking on a regular basis. Nope. <laughs> All right, here's our final question in the Another sweetest one? taboo. And um, I, we have to play it one more time because we're just having too much fun with For all the money, uh, which food item contains okay. more sugar? Is it that glazed donut you were talking about earlier? Or <laughs> is it the three tablespoons of tomato sauce that Catherine is holding right now? <laughs> the glazed donut. Um, <laughs> Patricia? <laughs> Uh, this wow. is 31 days of Shocktober. Patricia, what is the reality on this? The reality is three tablespoons of tomato uh, sauce is 12 grams of sugar, while one glazed wow. donut without sprinkles, without icing or toppings, contains six grams. Wow. Who eats a glazed donut without sprinkles? <laughs> well, and 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 be careful of the sauces and condiments you uh, that you're eating because when I worked with Energy Up, this was a big thing that um, uh, we talked about, and you specifically spoke about salad dressings, high voltage. What do you want to say? Well, no, salad dressings. So many of these add-ons have so much sugar added. You might as well be eating ice cream sundaes. Half the time, a salad ends up having more sugar and fat than eating a hamburger. I mean, it's crazy. So be careful in these fast food restaurants and things. Um, yeah. Or just when you're, you need oil and vinegar. I mean, bottled salad dressing, start reading your labels. Do the math. Yeah. And really try to stay under 24 grams in 24 hours, and you will that will make you aware of how much sugar you're actually consuming and how much inflammation, because sugar drives inflammation, all these chronic diseases, you know, are the result of that. So it's a serious subject. I love Shocktober. Max, I'm thrilled you're doing this. It's so cool. 31 days of Shocktober. And Tamika for playing the sweetest taboo with us tonight and participating and help us raise awareness in a fun new way around diabetes and wellness. We're going to give you a trip to paradise, courtesy of Charday, with one more song entitled Paradise, thanks to Sony Music. Let's listen. <laughs>
trip to paradise. Uh, I want to remind everyone that next month is World Diabetes Day and National Diabetes Awareness on World Diabetes Day, Wednesday, November 14th. We'll be host, I'll be hosting a special diabetes late night podcast with music from, yes, drum roll please, Charday. Aretha Franklin, she's singing all the greatest Yay. diva hits on our show for Ooh. World Diabetes Day. I just want to thank my guest tonight and tell you how much fun it's been to podcast these last seven, eight years. I can't even remember, but I do remember <laughs> first working with High Voltage and what an impact you've had on my life. And the thing I hope people heard tonight is the passion you have for what you do and that you walk yeah. the talk, High Voltage. You're always telling people affirmations, affirmations. So what's the affirmation for our listeners tonight? I am happy, I am healthy, and I choose to be filled with love and energy. Energy up. Woo! Awesome. All right. 31 days of Shocktober. She'll be with us. Catherine Schuler, Runway the Real Way. It's coming up. When, when are you, when's the next fashion show? You've been all over New York um, City. Yeah, I'm doing October 10th for um, FIT, uh, Dean's Forum, and then October 12th at uh, Brooklyn Fashion Week, Fashion Week Brooklyn. And uh, it's all about diversity, and we're also doing a lot of breast cancer awareness events. Um, wear your pink proudly. And realize the, the link between uh, diabetes and breast cancer, too. Okay. And Tamika, tell us a little bit about your upcoming pageants because they're happening pretty quickly. Yes, I will be leaving Thursday. The pageant starts Thursday and it will run all the way through Saturday, which is the final three phases of competition, which would be um, interview, um, high fashion, runway. And then there's evening gown. Beautiful, and good luck with that. We're wishing you all the luck. Take home the crown. Patricia Addy Gentle, next month a lot of the major monuments around the world go blue. Why is that? Max, that's recognition of World Diabetes Day. The um, trademark for that day is blue, and we wear blue on that day. I'll be wearing blue, and roses are red, violets are blue. I'll be celebrating World Diabetes Day with you, Patricia, and all of you. Remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. We're going to close the show with one of my favorite Chardet songs. It was a third single from Chardet's fourth album entitled Love Deluxe. Here's Kiss of Life, courtesy of Sony Music. Nice. 